I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. This is our time to put our people back to work and open doors of opportunity for our kids, to restore prosperity and promote the cause of peace, to reclaim the American dream and reaffirm that fundamental truth that out of many we are one, that while we breathe we hope, and where we are met with cynicism and doubt and those who tell us that we can't, we will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Hi, this is Henry Martin. This week we'll be talking to Crystal Stevens, Missouri State Senate candidate out of uh, Rawls County, Missouri, Rawls and uh, Marion County, Missouri. We are going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the water crisis that hit them. As you listen to our podcast, keep in mind you can follow us on Facebook at Missouri Matters Podcast, on Twitter at Mo Matters Pod, and our email address if you want to send us an email and rate our show. It's at Missouri Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Please go out, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome, everyone. We are here today with Crystal Stevens, candidate for Missouri State Senate. Crystal has uh, been at the forefront of a uh, big deal uh, situation. We're going to let Crystal tell us a little bit about herself, and uh, we'll go on from there. Hi. Like Henry said, my name's Crystal Stevens, and I am a candidate for Missouri State Senate District 18. I believe that running has been coming for a long time because of the fight I've had about the water issue. Clean water, I never thought it was this complicated, but water is actually very complicated and is related to our infrastructure. How it started, we had a notice that we had another total trihalomethane, which is TTHMs, a violation from our public utility, and that they were going to be changing over their water treatment from chlorine to chloramines, which is chlorine and ammonia mix. And I had phone calls from my sister and my friends, and they wanted me to check into it, and I checked into it, and I got back with them after doing the research and we all decided that just was not an option for us. And we started to attend the board meetings of the Board of Public Works. And we weren't getting uh, a nice reception. They have a, a, a cookie cutter response to people who complain about chloramines. Well, Crystal, uh, not to cut you off, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. You know, the water crisis is one. I want to talk to you also about what are your goals if elected to the Missouri State House or Missouri State Senate? I'm sorry. My main focus is going to be health care 
And I believe that that will carry on to other issues, which would be like the infrastructure, um, having the clean water to reduce the health issues, rural de economic development, saving the rural hospitals. It, it all trickles down basically as far as the issues go. One issue affects the other. And I think the main point is to have better health care in Missouri, because if we have a better or a healthier society, we have a more productive society, which contributes to our economy. You mentioned health care, and that's a big deal. And we all know that Missouri, uh, the Missouri House and Senate basically rejected the Medicaid expansion offered by the Affordable Care Act. How would you advocate for accepting the Medicaid expansion, and how do you think that would help the rural hospitals and rural communities as a whole? Expanding Medicaid will bring money into the state. It will bring enough money into the state, not only to help with getting everybody health care, but with saving these rural hospitals who are losing out on the money because there are people going in to get health care through their emergency rooms. And they have to uh, basically cover that with their charity care instead of getting paid and they're going out of business. I think that the way I would advocate it because it's a Republican controlled legis legislature is to work on the economic part of it because apparently giving people health care doesn't seem to hit them emotionally. If they're claiming to be fiscally conservative, then they would have to agree that if you treat a manageable and treatable illness, it's a lot less expensive than treating a disease later on. That That is everyone's on everyone's mind uh, trying to take care of uh, health care across the board. So now the the one issue that really that you started talking about, and uh, we, we, I just wanted to get the other stuff out there, uh, you started talking about the water crisis. What exactly was the water crisis that faced the citizens in Northeast Missouri? And were there any similarities to the crisis in Flint? Actually, yes, we worked with some of the people from Flint. That was just exactly one of the reasons why we started doing this, because Flint had the same issues. They, they started using chloramines to treat their drinking water. And what happened was it cleaned out the pipes, which were lead, and it cleaned off the biofilm or cleaned it out it allowed the chloramines to, le to leach the lead into the water. There's a, another issue there. They were using river water and the source water is also a concern as far as what your water treatment is. And chloramines are the cheapest method to treat uh, the TTHM violations. However, it is also the worst method when you are using rivers as source water. And that's what happened with you, you've used the TTHM, and could, could you elaborate on that a little bit so that so the people understand exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about TTHM? Okay, uh, total trihalomethanes are a compound derived from methane by substituting three hydrogen atoms for halogen atoms. Basically, it's chloroform. They're a group of four chemicals that are formed along with other disinfection byproducts when chlorine or other disinfectants are used to control microbial contaminants in drinking water. 
and they react naturally with occurring organic and inorganic matter in water. And these, these are known carcinogens, chloroform and bromoform and bromodichloromethane and dibromochloromethane. And these are all known carcinogens. So you, you again, you were you were on the way, and and uh, I know this was had to have been a very frustrating issue. What were the steps that you all taught that you took, you and your your group took to get a Our resolution to this crisis? Plan was to go and talk to the board of public works and tell them how we felt about it, and then hopefully they would listen to us and try a different option or you know, educate the public on what was going on, but that's not exactly what happened. They wrote us off basically as a bunch of crazy females. And I believe that term was actually used. And by the time it was over, we formed the group. One group that was with us originally broke off and started working on the chloramine issue. And we kept working on the TTHM violations. And the more research we did, we found out that Hannibal, well, BPW had been in violation for 13 years of the TTHM levels. Uh, the EPA set the levels at 80 parts per billion, and Hannibal levels were on average of 121.72 parts per billion every month in 2015. 13 years. Well, currently, well, we, we all know that currently, the uh, uh, current EPA uh, secretary, he's, un he's in battle right now. He's under a lot of fire for uh, some of the other things he's done. He's also being uh, touted as the only guy that's really enforcing the Trump agenda of deregulation. Do you think his appointment helps or hurts the cause? It absolutely hurts it. As a matter of fact, it's devastating because the attitude and opinion of Scott Pruitt is the same opinion as the former general manager of BPW. They sound exactly alike. As a matter of fact, same words. He's the kind of person that we don't want running anything that has to do with our health. We don't want him to do have anything to do with our infrastructure because it's not going to be for the people or the health of the communities. It's going to be for the bottom line. This is a perfect example of people putting profit over people or government officials, more specifically, Absolutely. putting profit over people instead of people, people over profit. And, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. And so did you feel that there was a, a opposition on the on your way to a resolution? And uh, from whom specifically did you feel the most opposition? Oh, the biggest opposition came from the general manager of BPW and the president of the board of BPW, who are both gone now. The general manager took early retirement and the board or the president of the board was not reappointed. Now, the other issue that I felt that we had as far as us having a public utility was that our our board and the general manager, who is the highest paid person in town, are elected or they're appointed by their friends at City Hall. They are not elected. Now, Rawls County has a water department where their board is elected. 
And when the people stood up and said, look, we're tired of getting this water from BPW and we're tired of being bullied by them, they have broken off and they are building their own plant now. They have an underground aquifer they've been working on for years and they're building a new plant and they're going to use a different method of treatment and they're going to give Rawls County cleaner water. And that's because the board was elected and listened to the people as opposed to the board here in Hannibal, which did not listen and basically blew us off because we didn't have any say. But we literally fought City Hall and won. Well, that's an impressive victory. So my next question would have to be, you said they were in violation for 13 years that you know of. Yes. So how long did it take you, take your group to achieve a resolution or is this an ongoing resolution as in parts have been resolved, but there's more things going on at, later on down the road as in payments or whatever uh, uh, may, have, may have come of it? There were many studies done, and that cost a lot. Uh, what happened was they, they have different versions. You know, it really depends on what they want to scare the people with is what they put out. I would say the biggest thing is the other group worked on getting the uh, remove ammonia from the water. They got that on the ballot, and we won. It, people voted to get the ammonia out of the water. And as the, the other group, our group, um, we filed the lawsuit against the city, the Department of Natural Resources, and Hannibal Board of Public Works. And after all these years, they settled with us, but they haven't quite completed the, the paperwork for the settlement. But it is coming. They have settled. So how long did that take to get all, to get all that resolved? since 2015. So you're you're now at three years in counting for your total resolution. So yes. uh, what, what was the final re res resolution that you all were awarded? Well, as far as the settlement goes, they made like a, a, a verbal settlement as far as getting Randy Park out and as president of the board and getting the general manager out, Bob Stevenson. And those two are gone. The other part was that we wanted to have a fun set up for people who needed to be tested for any cancer after drinking this water for that period of time. So we're having that set up. I think it runs 250000 or something like that. And we're going to have that set up so that people can go in and get tested every year. And if they show any signs of cancer, then, you know, some of that fun will go towards helping them. Um, we have an awful uh, rate of cancer around here, but this actually is specific to certain kinds of cancer, like gastrointestinal, colon cancer, things like that. The chloramines and the tri uh, total trihalomethanes have different effects on different people. Uh, the total trihalomethanes are known carcinogens, and the chloramines have 600 unknown carcinogens that have not been tested because the EPA only test things every 25 years and updates the rules. Wow. We've got all this. It sounds to me like uh, the, the BPW kind of got off easy. They really did. So let me ask you this. Throughout the entire ordeal, was there any media coverage on the whole issue? There was tons of media coverage. And unfortunately, the general manager 
must have had some kind of rapport with our local paper. There were lots of things that were printed that were against the uh, water groups. They, you know, were making fun of us and putting us down in the paper and trying to sound, you know, more intelligent and more important. And really what they were doing when they wrote all this stuff, putting us down, was they were putting down the low income people in town who were paying the bills. Because if it wasn't for us low income people paying those bills, they wouldn't be in business. They wouldn't be making their huge profits and making hundred over $100,000 a year for the general manager. What you're saying is that your local media basically turned on and made the victims look like the villains in this case? Yes. Because we filed the lawsuit, they made us look like the villains because we were trying to, quote, unquote, bankrupt the town. Basically, their their coverage really didn't help move the case forward in any way. Did you all receive any national attention for this? No, we didn't. But um, I can tell you that our attorneys for this lawsuit were actually recommended out of Flint, Michigan. And I there's a, a woman named uh, Melissa Mays. If you kind of Google her, you'll figure out she's with the uh, What Are You Fighting For? She is a big name in Flint, Michigan in that fight. And we talked to her and she and Andrea, they gave us some, you know, advice. And we were talking about dealing with either our own attorneys that we wanted or if we were going to deal with Aaron Brockovich and Rob Bocock or Robert Bocock. And Robert Bocock is Aaron Brockovich's water guy. And we did actually originally have Robert come here and speak. We've had Aaron Brockovich here. Aaron and Robert are very nice people and I respect what they do. And I know that they are doing this because they believe in it and they have all their facts straight. But we were concerned with the media portraying our water groups as just trying to use celebrities to get this done. I felt personally that we should keep it more involved in the community and that we should do our own research and that we should go in with their support, of course, and that we should keep fighting on a personal level because this is our community. And we thought that would bring it home a little bit more than having uh, Aaron Brockovich and Robert Bocock involved all the time. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, sometimes the best solutions are homegrown solutions. So uh, given that you guys were able to get this, this situation resolved, and it seems like it's an ongoing solution, because let me see if I've got the summary right. Basically, you got an okie doke from BPW. Uh, in the form of they removed the, the general manager that was there that was, they had in place and the president of the board resigned. Uh, yeah. in, addition, in addition to that, you had a $250,000 fund set up for residual health effects that may have may come up as a result uh, yeah. in the form of uh, different types of cancer. Are the people in the community satisfied with the resolution that has come down? Well, a lot... We have a little bit of a division. I mean, we won as far as the chloramines being removed. We won that on the ballot, but we have the, the former president of the board writing letters to uh, the media right now to the newspapers and saying that we need another vote because he didn't like this one. 
although he's no longer involved in the situation, he, he doesn't want to see us win. They have to take the ammonia out of the water. But the ballot did not say what kind of treatment option would replace it. So we had always advocated for granular activated carbon, which is the gold standard for removing everything from river water, including um, pharmaceuticals. I mean, it will cut down on absolutely everything, but it's also a little bit more expensive. And some people are upset because the bills were, according to the uh, reports and the studies that were done, Originally, we're going to go up maybe $7, maybe. And before the vote and everything, they BPW put it out that it was going to be $25 more a month. People are already spending a lot of money for their families to go out and get bottled water. So they were willing to spend a little bit more to get clean water coming out of their taps. But when they started saying $25, we started to have a divide. Still, it passed. The chloramines are leaving, and the, the choice that we've got is granular activated carbon. It will be changed. It's just a matter of when, and if we can stop the former president of the board from trying to get another vote. However, I believe to get that, he would have to get the signatures on a petition, and he has not started that, so I think he's just talking. But, yeah, it's it's been a fight. It's still a fight. But we have accomplished that they have agreed to put in the granular activated carbon and they have gotten rid of Stevenson in part and they are going to set up the, um, the health fund. We are moving along. We're winning. It's just taking quite a while to get it done because they're dragging their feet. Wow. This is a big deal. So, and we, we could probably go on for hours and hours on this and uh, uh, people need to be aware that this isn't just a, an isolated incident. You know, uh, before I heard your story, I thought it was just primarily something that, that went on in uh, that what had gone on in Flint, Michigan. But then as you alluded to, you talked a little bit about infrastructure earlier. We, we do have a lot of aging infrastructure across the country. Probably uh, we could have avoided some of this with some serious investment. So given that this doesn't seem to be an isolated issue, and there are probably other communities that are gonna that may see the same thing. What should consumers make themselves aware of to protect themselves from such abuse? First of all, you need to check into the actual infrastructure of your community. Um, for instance, 80% of the pipes that are leading to the houses in the older parts of Hannibal are lead. So when they added the chloramines, the first thing that happened was there was a Legionnaires outbreak um, on Main Street because the pipes are old. I mean, it's just, it's an old structure. It's an old town. I think the infrastructure here is over a hundred years old and, and most of the pipes are lead except to the new places. The The problem with the, the chloramines is when you add the chlorine, it treats the water, but it does not last very long. So it doesn't go out through the system. So that's why they added the ammonia which lasts longer and stays in the system longer to clean the pipes. The problem is Legionella bacteria feeds off of ammonia, and that is sent out through the entire system. 
So the communities need to check into their infrastructure before they decide on what kind of water treatment. They also have to decide, you know, from their source water, what is the best option for treatment for their community. Basically, in summary, in short, people should make themselves aware of what kind of pipes they have in the ground. They need to know yes. they need to know where their source water is coming from and they need to know how this is how their water is being treated. Is it this something that legislatively that that could be mandated that uh, it be published how they're treating water? I believe so. We've also had to fight with Missouri Department of Natural Resources and some of the EPA too, but I mean, let's face it, the EPA is underfunded. Um, they're being deregulated. None of the policies are being enforced. Now, I agree that some de- deregulation is good, but in this case, when it is about the health of the people of Missouri and entire communities, there needs to be regulations enforced on a public utility. They need to be making people aware if there are any changes they need to be told. Now, there are tricks that they use as far as trying to cover up the results of tests. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever noticed where they send out a form and they say they're going to be flushing your hydrants. Yes. Okay. That is to change the water test results so that they they are in compliance when the tests are done, even though right after they shut them up, those TTHM and chloramine levels, they go right back up. Wow. So the hydrant test is something of a ruse. That's something I didn't know. Yes. So we, we've covered a lot today, and I know that you're, you're passionate about this issue. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know that you'd like to share before we wrap this up? Yeah, I would like people to know that, I, I, well, I'm running for the state Senate, and I am running to improve people's quality of life, not just with health care, but with everything that comes along that line, including their water quality and their infrastructure, uh, their economic development, their rural hospitals. The thing with water is it affects everything. If they add chloramines to your water, you're going to be spending more on the parts for your washer, your your washers and your, your sink, your water softeners, your water heaters. It's going to be a more of an increase to you personally, or you're going to have to add a whole house filter, which is very expensive, but you're already paying for water and you should be paying for clean, safe water. And as a state senator, I think that's one of the uh, things I would like to fight for because it affects everybody's health. And we need, to, we need to start paying attention that one thing affects the other. Well, Crystal, that is amazing. It sounds to me like the people are going to get a people's representative uh, in the Missouri State Senate uh, should you be elected. I will say from the Missouri Ma- Matters podcast, we wish you good luck and uh, safe travels. Thank you very much. Not a problem. My, my pleasure. You've been listening to Missouri Matters. My guest today was Crystal Stevens, candidate for Missouri Senate. We talked about uh, the water crisis that hit Hannibal, Missouri, uh, in the northeast area of Missouri. This crisis probably would not have happened had it been a larger community. 
smaller communities and impoverished communities have a hard time with their infrastructure maintenance and upkeep and development because the per capita cost is greater than that of a metro, large metropolitan area. So a lot of companies come in and they see those small communities and they don't invest in the things that it may require to provide safe drinking water, good proper sewage, an opportunity to remain compliant with the EPA. Oftentimes, changes are made without the knowledge of people that increase the likelihood of a major illness and people wouldn't even know where it came from. Uh, as the discussion turned, Crystal spoke about the different chemicals and the different illnesses that could come from their choice of chemicals in the water to purify your water. The fact that it was eroding the lining of the, of the uh, pipes. Some of the infrastructure in Hannibal was over 100 years old. Why is it that we haven't been able to make those changes? Our legislators have a responsibility to provide funds from the taxes we pay to take care of the things in our community. It is time for the people to stand up and hold those in power accountable for what they were elected to do. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Hope that you continue to tune in. Realize speaking truth to power is necessary when people don't have resources to purchase lobbyists or lawyers to bend the law in their favor. I'm Henry Martin, and this has been Missouri Matters. Thank you.